Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair. And it's Sweet 16 Premier League wins on the trot for the citizens. That's 4-0 away at Swansea and 4-1 at home against the mighty Spurs since our last show. And to continue to celebrate and annoy our neighbours in the next studio. They'll be along soon to tell us to keep the noise down. Uh, we have got, back in the studio, Yogi Barron. Good evening. Uh, Lisa Rabinowitz. Hello. And on the phone, making his debut, is an old mate of mine, Ian Lees. Leesy, hello. Hi. Hello. Hi, Nige. Good evening, all. Nice to, nice to have you on. Listen, the Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Sign up, deposit up to £50, and Ladbrokes will put the same amount into your account, giving you up to £50 worth of free bets. And you can find the link at bet.citypodcast.net. Uh, so, Lisa, your first show. So we often ask people who are first, sort of new onto the show to talk a little bit about their city history. Just uh, We know you're a bit of an old git. So your, your first game was, what, the 1930s, I think, wasn't it? You go back, Eric, <laughs> You remember Eric Brookwell, I seem to remember. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, I, I'm not that old yet, Nigel. Uh, but yes, my, my, my main era is the 1960s, 70s, probably uh, the, the better years, to be honest with you. So I, I do remember the Bally on Ice, and I do remember um, other other great games of, of that era. Fantastic! And, and just on that, I mean, everybody's asking the question. Uh, compared with that fantastic team that, that that you and I both enjoyed, and I think probably Yogi was just a bit a bit too young. Might just remember the the, the bell end of it, yes. if you pardon the expression. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you will remember. I've got a title for our show this week already. That's not taken long, has it? Uh, so. <laughs> In terms of that side, which clearly won everything, the Lee Championship in 68, the FA Cup in 70, that uh, they're still pissing themselves here in the studio. That's, that's worked, hasn't it? We'll just have a chat, you and me, Lizzie, I think, tonight, mate. Okay. Uh, they, they, they've gone, these two, completely. Um, so, which is the better side? And it's so difficult, isn't it, to kind of compare sort of uh, different eras, different game, different ball. But, but, you know, you compare that side of the late 60s and early 70s and this amazing side. In your view, are they, they've got to win something, I suppose, haven't they, this new side yet? Well, to, to be honest with you, if, if, you, if you're comparing sides with the 60s, 70s, I think if you're com- uh, up, updating, uh, updating the side, I think you've got to compare this side with the 69, 70s. You know, you've got De Bruyne acting as Bell, you've got Sane as acting as Summerbee, um, you, you've got uh, Aguero acting as Franny Lee. You know, you can, you can keep comparing them to the great names of the past, but I, I just think it, it's just great to watch. It just really is. 
Um, uh, uh, t- talking of that, I, I, I bumped into uh, the, the old Fabian Delph. I, I bumped into Glimpardo on Saturday, um, the, the amazing uh, number three who won all those trophies with City and uh, a real gent still at the ground, still looking fit and well. So that was a bit of a thrill for me to see to see the great Glimpardo. Great. Listen, okay. great to have you on, Lizzie. Let, let's open up the discussion then and, and let's talk about, let's start at Swansea. And I was very fortunate to be at Swansea. Uh, only took me about seven hours. It was just, just a little trip down the road. Absolute bloody nightmare. But listen, great to be there um and and we're kind of running out of superlatives aren't we Lisa? for in a way four four nil away at swansea now they're not great we know that they're struggling at the bottom but we were unbelievable again weren't we we were and i don't even think we got our first gear really it was yes i've run out of superlatives all right so she's run out yogi have you thought of any new ones since you were last on the show uh, not really no it was it got to two nil and it just seemed to be a training ground game it was just it's just unbelievable but but the good thing is that the, the press and the pundits now are recognizing city's talent i think i think for a lot of city fans think there's been this kind of anti-city campaign in the press but it's fair to say now most of them are recognizing the amazing team that we got lisa i think it'd be pretty difficult for them to do anything other than that it's it, i don't know how they would find a way of of not recognizing how good we are at the moment but we still haven't won anything. Um, but it's great to see us getting the praise that we deserve. All right, Lizzy, the, the back four at Swansea, if we think of our sort of first team, if you like, Mendy Stone's company Walker, we'd quite like as a back four. We had Delph, Otamendi, Mangala and Danilo. So, so we've got a situation there where we haven't even got any of our first choice back four and they're as solid as a rock. That that you know that that shows a, a you know a, a strength in depth and and the fact that Pep of course as we know can play different players in different positions and we'll come back to a question I've been asked already, but to play like that and have the solid back four with our second string back four is uh, is all right, isn't it? it? It is, and I think you've got to give a lot of credit to to Pep on this one because I think when he came to City uh, last season and we had nine games unbeaten. Stones didn't look uh, comfortable. Nobody looked comfortable with those, the style he played. And I think during the close season, I think all of a sudden it, it's clicked. Um, they've now understood what he's there for. That he's brought in a couple of new full-backs who understand the system. And I think even if you saw on Saturday with um, with Spurs, they tried to play that, that system where they had the two full-backs right in the corners with the, with the goalkeeper passing uh, to them. So I think it was understanding the system. It worked at Barca for him, and I think now we're, we're very fortunate. It's now working for us as well. And certainly, people have talked about an upgrade on those fullbacks because you know that our, our previous fullbacks with Zaba, who we know is a City hero, and and Lisa's former husband as well, um, Kolarov. You know, they, they, they were good servants of the club. But you compare with what we got now, there is really no comparison, is there, Ian? Really, in terms no, of the, no. The, not at all. I think Kyle Walker has come on immensely. I think he's a, a far better player than he was at Spurs. Uh, Delph, I think nobody in their right mind thought he was ever a left-back. But I, I tell you what, he's turning out to be one of the, the be, um, best left-backs there is in the league at the moment. Let's, re- let, let's look forward to, uh, to, to the Saturday game then. Obviously, Lisa, you were there. I sort of saw you at the ground. <coughs> um, in fact, you saw Ian at the ground as well. I thought all three of us were there together. Um, should we... I, I don't really want to start with... with sort of Ali's challenge on, on De Bruyne or Kane on Sterling but I think we probably need to get out of the way early so we can then sort of concentrate on the important stuff um, 
I haven't read or seen or heard anybody say that neither of those should have been a red card. They were absolutely horrendous challenges. And I suppose partly showed the frustration, particularly with Ali, who hasn't been having a great season. Disappointing season. Fantastic last season, of course, being talked about, going to all sorts of amazing clubs around the world. And, and the lad's under a bit of pressure at just 21. But inexcusable, those two, and, and can't quite understand why they were both yellows. No, they were both awful. I mean, the, they were both awful challenges. The difference, I can, the only slight difference I can see is that at least Kane showed some concern and clearly knew he'd done something wrong afterwards, whereas Ali... I think, and I've always thought, has a bit of an attitude problem. And I think it probably does go hand in hand with him having a less successful season. But he'd already, earlier in the game, should have been booked. He just pushed someone over for no apparent reason. It would have been a bit soft, but still he shouldn't have been doing it. And he he, he looked like he meant it, mm. which is a bit more concerning, I think. I mean, the Kane one was terrible. And also, yes, he should have been sent off. It wasn't good, but at least he, he knew he'd done wrong. Whereas Ali... There's definitely a, a, a temperament issue there. And, and just for balance here, and I'm it's sort of for, for Ollie's case, uh, for Ollie's, um, yeah, for Ollie's case, uh, Otamendi kicked someone in the head as well, arguably, and, and others have argued, you know, he maybe could have been sent off as well. I'm not sure myself. I've got a slightly different view, but just just for balance here, in case three Spurs fans listen to this, yeah. uh, your view on that? No, I was thinking it was, it was yellow card. I mean, don't think it wasn't nasty. It was. It was um, it was a yellow card. It, it, it wasn't. It wasn't like the Mane against uh, the keeper. And it was, yeah, it was a yellow card. And, but but uh, Deli Alley's was just nasty. I mean, I think Harry Kane's was a mistake. Oh, well, not a mistake, but he, he was mistimed, and he could tell immediately the he he he, he regretted it. Whereas Deli Alley. Saying, saying that, if somebody can try and break Kevin De Bruyne's leg every week and he plays like he did for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> well, it was a pretty good response, wasn't it, yeah. from De Bruyne? I mean, yeah. it, it, that shot that he oh. took, it was, it, he meant it, didn't he? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think they're still picking out the back of the net yeah. now, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah that was, uh, we'll, we'll come on to that in a second. Um, in in <clears> terms <throat> of uh, the the change that Pep made Ian um, clearly Aguero wasn't happy about it he'd obviously selected him ahead of Jesus before the game which is I'm sure a difficult decision for him um, but then early on much earlier than maybe many would expect he, he made that change and would you say that changed the game or or, or am I being sort of overdramatic to make the point I, I think I think it was a case of um, Tottenham game with a, a game, came with a game plan, and one of them, as from from your pre- previous question, Ali and uh, they just wanted to, to try and frustrate, stop the stop the play, um, and it just showed how good quality De Bruyne is. Um, but then when he brought Jesus on, we had a bit of, a, a little bit more um, movement up front, and it brought Sterling uh, a bit of space as well. So the thing is, I, I just think it was a tactical thing where he saw that. They were trying to press high and high, uh, higher um, Tottenham, and basically he wanted to get behind them pretty quickly, and it, and it worked because when when Jesus came on, it, and, and to be fair, if you look at Phil Foden, he was absolutely brilliant when he came on. He just fitted in like a glove. He was he was superb, and uh, well, congratulations to him for winning Young Personality of the Year last year, uh, last night as well. Yeah, but I mean, he's a champion, Champions League uh, veteran, isn't he? What are you talking about? He's been playing in the Champions League, he's Premier League, he's, he's what are you talking about? He's 17 years of age, he's, he's been around for years, hasn't he? 
Well, what's, all well, this, what's all this fuss? I mean, we brought him through our academy. He's a local lad. We don't do that, do we, at City? We just we just buy talent, don't we? What's what you're talking about? Well, I think if you listen to uh, Pep's um, uh, interview, I think it was earlier on this morning, he's, he was talking about the academy and bringing more players through the academy, which I believe uh, Diaz is, is going to have a start tomorrow night, isn't he, at Leicester? Well, I'm, I, I guess Foden will as well. We will come on to that yeah. in a second. Another sort of we, we, Ian talked about Walker, and, and obviously it was th- I think it was the first game he'd played against Spurs since coming to City in the summer. Um, but someone else I want to talk about is Trippier. Of course, started his career at City, and I've got a number of fans who are a number of friends, number of fans. I've got no fans. I've got a number of friends who are Spurs fans who talked about Trippier and how he was miles better than Walker. And I so much enjoyed Sane taking him to pieces at every single opportunity. Walker was as solid as a rock. And Trippier looked like a, an inexperienced nine-year-old who did not have a clue. So that gave me a huge amount of pleasure. Your, your thoughts yep. on the Trippier-Sane no, contest? Well, non, non-contest. There was, there was no contest. And he, he just looked dazed. Who's that to, Nigel? Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm Yogi, I'm asking Yogi. Just shut up a minute. I'll, t- I'll, I'll say Ian if right, I want I'll, you. I'll just, go back in my box. Yeah, yeah. shut up. Uh, Yogi. Yeah, I think Trippy just looked dazed and confused after about half an hour. Every time Sonny was coming at him. and he, 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 I'm surprised that he didn't try and kick him as well. You know, we couldn't get close enough. Yeah, maybe, was, you know. No, it was just... It, it, I don't know. It was, it, was, it was just one of those games. I think it was good because it was the first time for a few weeks we played the side who actually came out at us yeah. and it just allowed the, the players and there was, I, was, I was making silly noises a lot <laughs> oh my lord oh. there's there one where De Bruyne just stood, stood on the ball briefly and just went past somebody and it was just it was just ex- exciting and I know we're going back to the next three games it'll be back to playing the bus but uh, well we'll see and, and the Sonny yes Sonny just summed it up He'd, every time he was just going round him and just round him through him over him under him <laughs> it was but before the game started, obviously we heard that Silva wasn't <coughs> playing for, for, for personal reasons, and I don't intend on going there at all. Um, we wish him and the family well, and at some point we may well find out what those issues were, but they're not for discussion on this show, for sure. Uh, I'm not going to speculate. And I suppose lots of City fans were actually quite disappointed when they heard it was Gundogan rather than Silva. Um, I was, being really honest. Now, he then pops up after 15 minutes, and you know the fact that he had acres of space and no one was marking him is, is helpful. But I thought, you know, he slotted in well he's had two bad injuries I think when he came to City he was injured then he had an injury early on and I'm just really pleased for Gundogan who's clearly a quality player um, he scored a good goal and, and I think had a great influence on the game as well good to see him back and, and someone as we rotate I guess and as we play more games he's going to get more game time yeah definitely and, and I know what you mean what, being disappointed that it wasn't silver but I wasn't surprised because I just think that he probably felt we needed a little bit more steel in midfield and I think Gundogan has a bit more of that than Bernardo does at the moment and also although he got injured very early on last season has a bit more experience of Premier League matches and I thought he did brilliantly and he was involved in I think three of the goals um, and yeah it was really good to see and and it's it's unfortunate the circumstances that led to him playing but it's it's good because it's kind of what I wanted to see it's it's getting the opportunity to give him and Bernardo a full match just to get back into the or to get into the rhythm of of playing in the Premier League so I I think it it, you know might not have been what we would have wanted but it worked out pretty well 
And, and back to you, Ian. Uh, in terms of the pick of the goals for you, just sort of talk us through the, the, the pick for you. W- would it be maybe the excellent goal that Sterling scored at the end there? Sort of the, the mistake from the centre back, Sterling missing it, sort of sort of squirting it through the keeper's legs, and, and then sort of just rolling over. I mean, that's definitely. No, cont- I think it's, yeah, it's got to be goal. Of, that. It's got to be goal of the season. It's got to be a contender. Oh, hasn't I would have thought that was magnificent. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Sterling's um, a great little um, uh, deception on, on the centre-back and the keeper. Just the, And the ball did the work, didn't it? And he, all he had to do was tap it in. Well, they say know? let the ball do the work, don't they? So he certainly yeah. did that. Uh, being yeah. serious for a moment, pick of the goals for you then, Lizzie? What I, I think it has to be De Bruyne. Not just the fact of the goal. I think it was intent. I think he'd just been um, badly tackled by uh, Ali. And I think he was going to prove a point. And I think from that point on, he just was class above everybody else, um, to be honest with you. He was the best man on the park. He he inspired everybody else. And uh, the goal was hit with such force that nobody was going to stop that one. Do you want to talk us through any of the others, uh, Yogi in particular? Any, any, any that you like? We've done. The, the, what about the other two for you? Which, uh, which did you enjoy? You enjoy more. You enjoy every city goal. I, I enjoy know. every city goal. Yeah. No, I, I did like the Gundogan one, and the, the way they they showed him afterwards, how he just wandered around, and looked like he wasn't interested, and just walked into the area, <laughs> and then and you know he had to stoop to head it in. It was, and, and but that was good because he got the goal out. In early, so I think they, they relaxed after that, and that's when they started knocking it around and just playing fantastically. Only, le- only leaves you one goal to talk about, Lisa. Do you yeah, remember I which thought one the was? third one was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, because there was some good work from Gundogan and then Sané doing his bit and Sterling and offside, Sterling. Sterling in an offside position. Mm, debatable. Yeah. Not in my paper. The goal, the goal is, it was thought. And then disappointed, Lisey disappointing at the end to let one in. It, it, what was interesting for me, Lisey, as well, was kind of the players' reaction. You know, you could see it wasn't a case of, oh, well, it's a consolation. They really looked absolutely furious with themselves that they'd managed to let a goal in. You know, even at that late stage where the game was won. And it's, it, it, it just, I think that tells you a lot about the squad, doesn't it, when they react like that? It, it, it does, but if, if you look the lead up to the goal, um, Fernandinho thought it was handball, yep. um, so he switched off a little bit, and then it seemed to for, for just two seconds they, they, they all switched off, and then obviously you don't give Ericsson the space and the time to to hit a shot like that in the, in the corner. Even Edison couldn't have saved that one. So you know, great goal by them. But uh, I think yes, you're right. It, but. I've come on to another point now. Is I didn't think the refereeing was that um, uh, up to standards like it usually is, to be honest with you. Are you talking because of what, the, the two cautions that could have been sending off, or are you thinking I, of other I, situations? Other situations, I thought it was a clear handball but, uh, before Ericsson's goal. I think there was one or two other uh, tackles that, that could have been uh, at least yellow carded. Um, and I just think in general, um, the refereeing standard wasn't as good as it normally is, to be honest with you. Have you tried it, Lizzie? Have you put a black shirt on ever and, and stuck a whistle <laughs> Listen, in your Listen, I know, Nigel, I'm fully aware of that you're a referee and I was very reluctant to bring it up. Well, you brought um, it up now and I'm asking the questions. Have you tried it, Lizzie, is my question. Um, I have tried it in my youth, but uh, yeah. Not officially, but uh, I know it's hard, and I know it can be difficult. But but again, the, these are our top Premiership uh, referees now. You know, um, we go, we go back to the point of the alley. That was definitely a red card in in anybody's mind. Um, and the same with Keynes. Otto Mendes, I think, was just one of the things where he went to try and clear it, and it it was boots ahead. I don't think it was clear intention. Um, 
So the thing is, it is a difficult job, and I think it's something that the um, the, the, the Premier League have got to look at. Uh, about assisting them, shall we say? Well, I'll tell uh, you what. I, I, after the show, I've got the Cheshire FA's uh, phone number here in, 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 my, in my black book. I'll send it to you. I'll text it to you, Lisa. I look forward to. I'll come along and watch your first game, mate. And I'll tell you, tell you how you've done. Yeah, I look forward to it. I look for, no, no, I look forward to. It. I'll even lend you a couple of cards if you like. Fella. Okay, thanks for that. Let's take a quick break. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Welcome back. On Twitter, and, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're, we're at City Podcast. And a couple of our regulars, I, I put it out there and saying any questions anybody would like to ask on this week's show. And uh, a good friend of the show, David Diggs, who's one of our, our regular followers and, and often comments. So thanks for that, David. Thanks for listening. And thanks for your question. So, so maybe, Yogi, you can have a go at this one first. He says, we have cover in many positions apart from the pivot. So who can step in for Fernandinho if he can't play? He can't play in every game. And Yaya is past it, according to uh, our mate David Biggs. So, so, you know, we've got the Delft situation slotting in at left back. We've got others moving around the place. He reckons Fernandinho's injured. We're, we're buggered. Who can, who can step in for him, would you say? Uh, I think it would be difficult. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, last time I was on, I said about Fernandinho does all the dirty work. He's the he's the ugly man. Uh, I remember. I, it. That's why I thought I'd come to you first. <laughs> I did remember that. And uh, I don't think Yaya is a natural replacement for Fernandinho anyway. Uh, Danilo because he's because he's a more more attacking yeah, naturally yeah, more attacking more, more attacking. Uh, I think Danilo is the one who would step in if he. If in the Fernandinho, but it's I not. It's not a great replacement. It's not a great. Uh, it's not an ideal one, is it? Yeah, it's it, like Gundogan for Silva. You wouldn't yeah, ask for that, would you? Yeah, really, yeah, ideally, and it works. Uh, but no, I just think Fernandinho. He, he's the. He is the, the lynch. Yeah, he's the linchpin. He, he does all the, the hard work, and yep. everybody else. Yeah, Lisa, gets, do you want to have a board, do you want to have a go at this one, or, or do you want do you, yeah, give us your okay. thoughts, Lisa? Then on, on the, who would replace Fernandinho if, if maybe a Deli Ali uh, type individual, a nasty. Tottenham type who has an attitude problem tries to break his leg. Um, if that happened, God forbid, if that happened, who, who would maybe um, step in? Right now, I, I honestly don't know. Um, but if we get a left back in January, then I think that you need to give Delph a go in that position. And that's why the other week when he put Danilo there and no, he put that. Sorry, he put Danilo at left back and put Delph in the middle. Yep. I thought that's what I, I feel that's what he's trying to do. Mm. But the problem is Danilo is awful at left back so at the moment it, it it just doesn't work to do that so right now i think yes it's a problem it is a problem if we in games where you need where we rely on fernandinho which isn't all the games but as a lot of them mm. then yeah we have got a problem i think we've got, you see, Lizzie, i think we've got another option mate I, i'd have edison there the way the way he, the way he plays with his feet the way he gets stuck in i mean he's and his distribution is awesome i'd play edison in that position how do you feel about that Lizzie? Well, I think that's great. I think bring back Hart, put him back in there, and put Edison uh, no! cover him. No, why? <laughs> great. No, but I, I tend to agree with everybody else. You know, yeah. uh, uh, Delph in the middle. You could even put Foden there, uh, but again, lack of experience maybe prevents it at the moment. But uh, Delph is your obvious choice, um, and maybe if you can, because at the moment that they all can play everywhere. You know, uh, it, it's great to watch uh, that they can all, they're all rotating in different positions. But for me, you, you've got to put Yaya there and maybe after 70 minutes, you bring on Foden or something of that nature just to, to, to give, give that cover. 
Uh, we've got one more question. I'm, I'm keen to just, uh, before we end the show, sort of talk a little bit about um, the, the games coming up, because as we know, they're coming thick and fast, as everybody says. But we've got one more question uh, from my old mate, George Alexander. Again, another regular commenter on Twitter. And maybe, Lisa, you can give this one a go first. And George asks, how do we stop everyone talking about going the whole season unbeaten? It's a pointless question and should only be asked when we're kind of still unbeaten after, say, 35 games. What, what do you say to George about that? Well, it's a case of who's asking the question. I don't think it's City's fans, and it certainly isn't Pep. He's taking one game as it comes. The team aren't talking about it. I think it's mainly uh, disgruntled United fans. I think it's disgruntled Arsenal and uh, Tottenham fans that are, are asking the question, trying to put us off our stride, to be honest with you. I think it's something that's trying to deflect us from what we're doing. Um, so I think every true City fan is um, just thinking, bring on the next game, to be honest with you. Any different view to that, Lisa? Do we need to discuss this one anymore? Have you got any thoughts on unbeaten seasons and questions about it? I think it's inevitable that people are going to ask this question. And until we lose the game, people are going to ask this question. Because it's also the way we're playing. It does, uh, you know, we'll probably lose to Bournemouth now I've said this. But, you know, it, you do look at it and think, who is going to beat us? I mean, I thought Spurs might, they didn't. The, the next chance I see is Spurs away or Liverpool away. Honestly. Mm. So, who knows? Anything to add, Yogi? Not, re- no. Not really. Mm-hmm. You've said it all, Lizzie. What an impressive <laughs> answer that is. Uh, let's just look for, before we go, let's just look forward. And, and before we do, I'm, I'm conscious people want to know about our all-star city team. Uh, you'll be hearing more about that on Twitter over the next few days. Um, you, we'll be going to the public vote. Uh, we, around the mic, have come up with nominations for, for the best 11, and, and you'll get your opportunity to vote, as indeed will the, all our regular guests here uh, on the Man City Show. Uh, so, so let's just look forward before we go. Um, we've got tomorrow, Tuesday, uh, Leicester in the League Cup. Um, in terms of sort of team selection, uh, Lisa, any thoughts? We've mentioned maybe Diaz and Foden. Do you think they probably could both get a start? Are we looking at nine changes? Are we looking at just a couple? Because just Pep wants to win everything. Where do you think he'll position? Who knows? It's Pep. He might surprise us. I think he wants to win everything, but I think he might still make a lot of changes. I don't know if this is right or not. Is Otamendi suspended? Don't know. Um, because that means you've got Adarabirio and Mangala in defence. And I think Mangala has played very well, actually. I'd just like to add that. But um, you're going to need some seniority out there. So I don't know who that's going to be. Fernandinho is still on his four yellows. So um, if he plays and gets booked, he misses the next um, league match. So I, I, I just don't know. I mean... Out of, if you've made nine changes, who knows? Where's the, where's the seniority? Where's the captain in that team? So I, I think it's not going to be Bravo, is it? Bravo will be in net, but I doubt he's going to make him captain. So you want an experienced person? So maybe Foden then? He could well be, you know, Captain Foden. Yeah. With a, your, I say, Champions League. Yeah. He's he, winning awards left, right, and centre. Uh, your thoughts on on uh, the, the sort of the team for for tomorrow against Leicester, do, or do you just leave it to Pep? Well, well, I think the captain could be Yaya. You bring Yaya, you've got the seniority there. He's he hasn't played that many games. I think he could be, and I think it'd be wholesale changes. I mean, we've got a lot of games coming up. You think it's the eight or nine changes job? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's definitely the keeper. I think I'd mess De Bruyne. Uh, I don't know what the silver situation is. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, if you're still alive, there, Lizzy, I don't know whether you can hear you sort of choking, choking on your on your Christmas oh, oh, pudding. Is I'm it just, mince pie? I'm just, just having a cup of tea. Yeah, has it got bones yeah. in it or something or what? <laughs> no. Um, with reference to the to the um, the cup tomorrow, um, it 
if you listen to Pep's interviews in the past, he doesn't make it a priority. Um, he he feels that there's too many games, and that would be one of the cups that he would um, um, not devalue, but use for 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 second string um, players. But I still think he wants to win it, even with the with the uh, with the second team coming in. And that's all I can say at the moment. So can you see, see can you see it being sort of you know eight or nine changes from from the side? That oh, maybe absolutely, yeah. absolutely, because he won't take Bournemouth game as a uh, a laying down game, an easy three points. And in fact, if if you uh, look at Bournemouth's last game against Man United, they frustrated the hell out of Man United. Um, they were very unlucky not to get a point there. So, 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 so Lizzie, help us with that then. So, just to remind people, Saturday, uh, obviously we, we've done the Leicester game. Uh, Saturday is Bournemouth at home. Then on Wednesday it's Newcastle away, and New Year's Eve um, it's Palace away. So, Bournemouth, Newcastle, Palace. People are already saying, well, that's, you know, we're going to extend it to what is it, nineteen wins, you know, without too much of a bother. W- would that be fair, or where do you where do you see the biggest challenge of those three coming up? Would you say? I, I would say Palace away and also se- um, Newcastle away as well. And Bournemouth you- at home. Then you've got all three then, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. No, well, the, the, on the run we're on, you've, you've, you've literally got to say uh, that all three are potentially nine points for us. However, you, you, you know, this game is so unpredictable. Uh, so the thing is, Bournemouth will want to try and get a point because they're struggling down at the bottom. Newcastle... Uh, are definitely trying to look for points. St. James's is uh, a ground that is, can be daunting at the best of times. So you've got a 12th man with the crowd there. And then Palace are on a good run as well. Roy Hodgson seems to have done a great job there in turning them around. And Zaha is on fire as well. So he could actually give us a bit of trouble, to be honest. So, Yogi, your, your, your thoughts on Bournemouth at home, Newcastle away, Palace away, the, the, the biggest obstacle? I think Palace, Palace away, I think. I think they've, they've started playing a bit better. And, I mean, I don't think they'll beat us, but I think somebody's going to... We, we've had too many injury-time winners, and I think one, one of these is, is going to end up in a draw. And Palace, I say, Sahar's playing well, that they're looking better. I think that could be the, the dodgy one. You indicated before, Lisa, that maybe Bournemouth at home is one you're a bit worried about as well, or, or not? I'm worried about all of them. Just like to correct myself, Otamendi is clearly not suspended because he's just served a suspension. Anyway, um, Bournemouth, I, I, Bournemouth will come and park the bus. They did it at home against us. I think everyone was surprised by that because the way they, they usually play quite open football. They did it against Liverpool at the weekend and got battered. They won't do it against us because it's us. Um, so I think that's going to be tough. I think they're all tough games. Every game we play is going to be tough. But um, I, I think the one that probably does stand out is the Crystal Palace one just because that they have come into some decent form. But hopefully they'll carry on the decent form for the next two games and then drop off against us. Very good. Well, uh, listen, a huge thanks uh, to Ian Lees on the phone. That, that Cheshire FA referees course uh, <laughs> application form is already in the post, Lees. I've been doing it while I've been sat here. Thank you very much for joining us, my friend. Thank you also to Lisa Rabinowitz and to my old mate Yogi. Um, it really all re- remains for me is to say a huge thank you to all of you for listening. Remember, we're at City Podcast, wishing you and your families a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we'll see you all very, very soon. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. 
If you're a large organization involved in managing, purchasing, or making decisions on software licenses, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it, and whether you purchase the right number of software licenses to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM, and others, and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk, and we're also available on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Acast, and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.